Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that is taped after dark when it's nighttime. That's when it's dark, not during the day unless it's rainy. I'm Alex. When darkness falls over a town, is it a monster made of sticks and bones or a serial killer? Or is it just a principal with like a fucked up name? (laughs) We'll see. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the second episode of Riverdale Season 4, Fast Times at Riverdale High. Huh. See what they did there? It's I, very oh, fast. See what see they did. I totally get it. I understand. It's not Dazed and Confused, which I kept mistaking with and kept making all right, all right, all right jokes in my head. Not wrong. in that. No. All wrong, all yeah. wrong, all wrong. Sean Penn, not uh, Matthew McConaughey. Good, yes. Wrong you stoner. Could have made that mistake many years ago. Not anymore. <laughs> Very easy to not get those guys mixed up. Exactly. It also felt like Ferris Bueller in different points in this. Yes, it oh, did. It Lots of high school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to give you folks the lay of the land slash do a little bit of a recap here, last week on the show was a Ooh. very special, very different episode of Riverdale as they kicked off season four. It was, of course, dealing with the tragedy, the tragic real-life circumstances of Luke Perry passing away. It's it through the lens of the show, uh, taking his character, Fred Andrews, making him die in a heroic manner in order to inspire his son, Archie, to be better and to do better. It also affected the entire town. Mm. Um, At the same time, there are some dangling plot lines that were dealt with a little bit last week, as well as leftover from season three, the biggest of which is the farm, an evil organ-stealing cult run by a dude named Edgar Evernever, and he absconded with the large majority of the farmies last season. Not their shoes. Not their shoes, Which not is their a clothes. big clue. Yeah. So they're at a place with, like, soft ground. Right. And uh, nudity's cool. Not too cold, probably. Exactly. Just nice, lukewarm temperature. Lukewarm. Um, and we're going to find out. They only left behind poor Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Which is sad. They should have left behind another couple of people, and they're like, you three, No. Because yeah. otherwise, it's like it's, being picked last. It's a leftover scenario. It's Very like, how much. interested would that show have been if one dude was leftover? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a character study. Yes. Uh, so Kevin did get left behind. He did some, um, shall we say, fucked up shit last season. Massively. The yes. fact that we have... addresses it in a great way. Sure. Well, and that's what, not to get too much in the episode, but it feels like this episode was about like grounding the series. Yes. It's sort of restarting back Re- to one, yeah, where it's like, remember how crazy it was last season? It's like... Like, Betty's we'll like, get there. and Kevin's like, hey, I just want to be friends again. And Betty's like, you fucked up. You t- took, tried to kill me, dude. Yes. You tried to take my brain out. And he's like, I know. I and then was we were brainwashed. Gone. I mean, to be fair, to be fair to Kevin, he lost several of his own organs. So, you know. Several? One, at least. A kidney? I don't know. Is that, oh, a kidney? Who needs a kidney? You got two of them. That's true. You can put another one another. He also one in. had two eyes and two ears. Probably should have taken an eye and an ear as well. One oh. of his nostrils, maybe. Just cut that out. I'd lose a nostril. Would you? Go full snork. 
<laughs> Would you lose it? Because you lose one nostril, you can still smell. Right. Can you? Lose an eye? Bummer. Lose an ear? <laughs> fine. It's not fine. You You're pretty chill about all this. Yeah. You Who should join the farm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> a couple been... of other things we should probably recap. Another uh, subplot with the farm that we found out about right at the end of season three. Uh, we got confirmation that both Jughead and Betty have a half-brother named Charles Smith. He's an FBI agent. He is working with his mom, Alice, who is undercover in the farm the entire time. She was an asset at the farm. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We pick up on that a little bit. Other yeah. things you should probably know is that Archie owns a gym where he works out with a dude named Mad Dog, who he met in Juvie. Mad Dog and he have decided to turn that gym into a community center. We don't quite get to see that yet, no. but there is a little bit of mention of that. Uh, Archie is dating Veronica. Betty is dating Jughead. But let's be honest, though, because like... Don't you Archie, fucking start. When Archie and Betty were younger, they had a flirtation. And oh, let's put that boy. out there as something that oh, happened in reality. Sure, I'll tell you what. We'll put a pin in that. Let's and just put a pin in We'll put a pin in that, and then we'll shove the pin so hard it just shoves the thing through the bulletin board until it disappears for fucking uh, ever. What a wow. horrifying but bulletin board, sort of office-based <laughs> metaphor you're using here. <laughs> sort of a scary but pretty... Let's like, get into the fucking episode Well, there's already. one other thing that we should probably talk about. Jesus many, H. many other things. Yes, many other things. But the main thing we should probably talk about is that Cheryl Blossom, at the end of last season, uh, took the dead, bloated corpse of her brother, uh, Jason? I want yeah. to say Justin. Yeah. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> you just cursed me. Yeah, up. I did. Uh, well, you're the one who's like, ah, I don't need all my body parts, so whatever. That's, I'll roll the dice, take out a couple, and see what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, so Lighten what, the load. Uh, people will pay pride money for a nostril on the block. <laughs> <laughs> Lighten one the nostril. Load. Yes. So yeah, Jason Blossom's corpse is in Thistle House, where so far, nobody, including her loving girlfriend, Tony Tropaz, have discovered it. Uh, last actual thing that we should mention is one of the farmies who disappeared was Principal Waldo Weatherby, which we get a payoff of here. Uh, so let's jump into it. Well, also, we should say um, Veronica's parents are both in jail. Oh, right. Yes, uh, that's important. She sort of put them in jail. Uh, well, she put her dad in jail for sure. And then um, Hermione got uh, sent to jail as well. Um, and she's facing some consequences from that in this episode. Uh, and what other thing? I guess she owns a club called the Bon Yeah, she used to date Reggie. Oh. Uh, that's kind of important this episode as well. Uh, Reggie's father beats him. That's pretty important. This we episode. learned that last we, season, we, and then it came back. Oh yeah, intensely yeah. here. Um, yeah, and um, they can put on a musical number at a moment's notice. Uh, no no <laughs> delay. Very little rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I love that about them. Now, actually, I do want to ask you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but before we jump into the episode, uh, overall tone of this episode, this is very much like recentering the show, trying to get back to what it was kind of in season one. For like one episode. Well, well, what do you think? I mean, take this episode on its own merits because I think we all know it's going to go off the rails very yes. soon anyway. Yeah. But, and this is again in the lens that I think you brought up on the last podcast. There's still a dead body in Cheryl's house. So it's not what? like this is a normal teen show. And we lean into that very early in the episode and throughout like it's uh, a, uh, a very normal thing for Cheryl. Like it's right. not, it's like a just waking up and talking to the dead brother. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
So this is normal for Riverdale? How yes. did you feel about it? Do you I think, think it was is, successful? Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, the way that this episode compared to last episode, which was very emotional and sort of really uh, slowly unfolding the story, we're back to like this lightning fast pace, so many scenes, and really just like throwing us back into the mix to deal with a lot of the things we're going to deal with uh, in this episode. And I will say it's like, oh, not a lot of crazy stuff happened, but a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff happened. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff happened. We've been, we've been beaten into submission by this show is the way yes. that I feel about it. Like season three was a fever dream of a television show. So when it's just like, oh, thank God, there's only somebody brings a beehive into the school and there's a dead body in the basement and there's some uh, gang war activity and uh, there's potentially several evil people that show up and one of the characters might be dead and everybody's searching for them. Nice calm episode of Riverdale. Yeah. All yeah. good. Very yeah. chill. Also, you know, father beats his son. You know, like Yes, but... That is for Riverdale treated more realistically without reading into it too much or giving this necessarily too much weight. I I feel slightly uncomfortable even suggesting this, but it does feel like the thing that happened to the first episode where they dedicated it to Luke Perry, where they made it to his memory, really suffuses itself throughout this episode. Certainly it powers Archie's storyline and what Archie is doing, but it almost does feel like based on the fact that the last shot in the previously on is that picture of Luke Perry, that I think a lot of shows would say, okay, we did our tribute episode, let's move on, let's get back to business as usual. I don't think they're doing that at all. I get the sense that they were very inspired by the memory of Luke Perry, what he was on set, what he meant to the show, what he meant to them, to do better and be better in this next season. Well, I think also uh, two things that are repercussions of that uh, and the events of last season is the parents, which were a major part of the show, especially last season, are sort of off the board this season. Um, as of now, like Alice is with the farm. We don't know where she is. Uh, Veronica's parents are in jail. FP is there, but he's not like hanging out with the gang. He's more right. just like, I'm a cop now. And that's my, my role. Um, Archie's parents, obviously one passed away and his mom is back in Chicago, presumably. So it's definitely focusing on the kids a lot. And also it has much more of the town with pep that we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about this maybe in the preview episode that like, in the very first episode of the season series, it was like, hey, the town with Pep is bullshit. This place is a uh, underbelly of all this horrible shit that's happening. And so we never saw, we saw that. We never saw like the Americana town where everyone plays football. And we're seeing that now. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I, I'm, I was very thrown watching this episode through the first time, but I think the more that I think about it, the more that I really like it. And I, yeah. I do hope they can keep it up. I don't know if they will be able to. No, we I want to go back to we'll crack like, speed. Yeah, we'll get like snake men coming out of the ground at some point pretty much soon. But Ooh, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or snake men coming from the space. Or yeah, or like snake. from the side, oh. from the walls. Yeah, yeah. Literally any direction, snake men. I'm just saying snake men are a distinct yeah, yeah, yeah. Can so we I fucking so. start talking about this and episode? snake women. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go crazy, man. Uh, should we get into it? Yes, please, yes. for the love of God. Uh, so we kick it off with Archie and Mad Dog boxing. Uh, Mad Dog is... Classic shirt off Archie. Uh Mad Dog is a jacked 30-year-old. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's so jacked. And he's also going to start going to high school. Well, yeah. Lo- what I liked about that, that Archie was like, hey, you want to go to high school with me? You could be on the football team. And he's like, 
Yeah, I went to high school 15 <laughs> years ago. That sounds good. It, I mean, I, I think in the show, the character is meant to be like 17. Totally. But he just looks like a 30-year-old. He's, he's so much taller than Archie. Archie looks like a child compared to him. And, and he's Archie, like, yeah, man, I'll go with you to high school. Yeah, it's it's like they... KJ Appa is so ripped anyway that you put him next to Eli Gorey and it's like, oh, man, you got to bulk up. Dude. Yeah. You <laughs> What's wrong get with you? You guys are boxing against each other? I don't think so. <laughs> Um, but I love that scene, and uh, what I love about that scene is uh, that it establishes early on is people smile throughout this episode. It was a happy time. Yes, they like each other. They're nice to each other. They enjoy each other's company, which is another thing beyond the sense of the town that's been missing from the show for a while because everybody's been so intense on their individual missions. They haven't had time to just hang out and be friends, and that's what we get in this, uh, I wanted to say issue, but episode. But I uh, do like how Archie is like, I'm going back to school for my dad, and I was like, okay, great. Which is, and also because legally he should go back to school. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. He's just a kid. He can't, I, I don't know if he can make a living managing a community center that only loses money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An empty box. <laughs> but, right. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you show up to high school with a friend, can you just enroll them in things? Have you yeah. ever seen a little movie called Never Been Kissed? Well, yeah. Yeah, you can do anything. Anybody okay. can, uh, you can bring anyone in high school. In high school, oh, yeah. in high school like, you can bring at least one friend at any time, no matter yeah. how old they are. <laughs> That's my every year at high school. I was like, hey, can I get a plus one? Yeah. They're like, yeah, no problem, bro. I registered my dog, and he graduated with honors. Really? Wow. There, there's no rule that says a dog can't register in high school. <laughs> exactly. Man, what a great place kicker for the football team. Yeah, was. my favorite movie is P.H. Bud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I know. This dog's going to take out my trachea? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good uh, use of anyone's time. Um, so a couple other things we see here before we get into some sex is uh, Betty and her... Uh, New bro uh, are like basically Talking. Betty's basically in the FBI now. Yes, <laughs> just like right yeah, out the gate, he's I, like, yeah. <laughs> I love Charles Smith. I love Charles yeah. Smith because he clearly learned how to be in the FBI by watching FBI shows, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, Where it's like you got a cultivated asset. I'm like, yeah. all right, buddy. <laughs> for especially for a show that has had a lot of fake FBI agents. And then last season, we were introduced Charles, and he's like, oh, he's a real FBI agent. And then this season, he's like, oh, no, I think he might be fake, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask about that, because I, I do think, and everything that they said is that he is on the level. He has no dark secrets or anything like that. I'm sure he will have something down the road. But the way that I took it is this is just a ludicrous cartoon FBI agent. And that's pretty much it. But otherwise, he is straight on the level as a guy. Did you not see it that way? No, I think he is. Um, but the fact that he's just like Betty... You're working with me now. We're going to cultivate an asset and <laughs> definitely go get, get your friend to get us into the farm yeah. is like, uh, you know. Classic Riverdale mistake, though, right? As yeah. an adult being like, nah, I'm going to trust these teenagers. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> They'll take care of it for me. Um, and they will in some fashion. <laughs> uh, so then we get to see some solid Bughead uh, and uh, Varchi sex time. Well, first, uh, Veronica gets ambushed by the press and she's like, no comment. Well, no, 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 that's that's after that. That's later. You're mixing it up. Uh, the sex, sex before school. That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> sex before school, you'll never drool. Wait, no, sex before school, you're really cool. Yeah, that's, is that's, that better? Is that better than the definitely thing? better than the drooling thing, and also pretty accurate. <laughs> and yes, but what I liked, the, there was a fun moment where they were all just kind of talking, and then Betty just. It was like, just starts making out with Jughead. And then Veronica's like, okay, I guess that's our cue. We'll go upstairs. And I'll tell you what, I've never had a couple friends that we do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, 
oh, we're hanging out, and then all of a sudden we're not because we're going to have sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Betty, Betty is in that scene. She's pretty much like, nah, we're done talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they go their separate ways. We get a little uh, that that scene. Uh, I, I, uh, this this was quite what? the sex montage. Sorry to make her gross sound. Yeah, right what was that? that? that was really well, because I'm just not sure what direction to go into it. Because not to sound prudish, but there was a certain point with like cutting back and forth between the two couples. Mm-hmm. It was starting to creep me out a little bit. It but was like, a little much. It was pornography. Uh, no, not because of that. Just because. To me, I think there was the implication there and the purposeful implication that these four, even though they are in the separate couples, are all together. Like, it's not exactly a foursome, but that's the way that they feel. And it. let me say, I think it is, me- I think that's a purposeful choice. I think yeah. that it shows that there's maybe some interchangeability between these people. And oh. we could get. Um, Jarchi? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, this uh, is the season of Jarchi, Jarchi Rising. I do think, though, this establishes the couples at the beginning. In a very intense way, which I think predicts some trouble down the line. I we'll see. Pete, I had a hard time believing that Betty wouldn't set like eight alarms for first day of school back. Well, she ends up sleeping on the shitty couch, right? Uh, yeah. So they don't have another bed in the Pembroke. No, none of the parents are there. There's I can't definitely believe, another bed, right? I can't. Uh, Smithers is not sleeping in that apartment. They didn't have to sleep on the couch. When does your butler get to go home? <laughs> is it after dinner, after the dishes are done? After, yeah. yeah any, I think any butlers it's a nine-to-five job, right? I don't think so. I think no. most butling is dinner. Yeah. When right? I say nine-to-five, I mean age nine to five. <laughs> yeah. Thousand 50, years. yeah. Yeah, 50. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I agree with you on that alarm thing, but they do sleep through the alarm. They're going to miss the first day of school. Classic teen movie high school thing. They skid down the hallway and right into Mr. Honey. Oh. Mr. Honey, this guy's trouble. Yeah, he, he's, he's all about discipline, order, and consequences. Yeah. I love Mr. Honey. What? Really? I love Mr. Honey. What are you talking about? I think Mr. He's Honey. He's the worst. He is the worst. That's why I think he's the best, is he is such a great addition to the show because, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the scenes, but... Uh, Every other adult, as we were just talking about on the show, is like, oh, I'm obsessed with these teenagers. I want to know what's going on with them. You tell me what to do, teenagers. I'm completely lost as an adult. And Mr. Honey is having none of their shit. Yeah. Like, at no point. Like, he's zero tolerance to the extreme about anything. There's that scene later. Yeah, but you don't where, cross Cheryl, man. Oh, my God. But I don't I love, care who you are. But I love that because Cheryl comes in and is like, hey, I'm very excited about the school dance. And he's like, well, last time somebody died at the school dance, so no. And she starts talking. He's like, no. Yeah. And there's this long pause. Yeah. She's like, I'm where, sorry, what now? Yeah. She had like a great look. And I love that. It's the same way with the, when they skid right in, where the hard-nosed principal is a trope, but he is, in classic Riverdale fashion, hard-nosed to the extreme, I'm sure he has some dark secret or will get killed later on. It certainly seems like he's tied with the almost definitely evil prep school in yeah. some way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But I, I right now, I just love that dynamic of he's like, nope, nope, not having any of this. Yeah, no, I think it's good. And do you want to follow out uh, his storyline a little sure. bit? Sure. Um, yeah, he challenges Cheryl, cancels the dance, rightly so. <laughs> There's right. a murder there. Um, Cheryl then challenges him not with it. Not rightly so. If Cheryl says she wants to dance... You give her a dance. No, you don't have a dance in a no. town where the yeah. murder happens at sure the dance. Sure you do. Sure you do. That means the murderer won, you know? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, okay. but I think like every dance had a murderer, right? And every school event has had a different murderer. Yeah, Usually. That's true. Yeah. Well, are you going to not have events? Uh, sure. We get a an Archie party song? 
in the next sort of? So this is, this is, uh, they're walking down the hallway. Cheryl decides, no, you know what? If we can't have the school dance, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a party at my house, at Thistle House. Walks down the hallway with her entourage, including Tony. Uh, taunts his invitations to the air, has them out. And they play uh, Archie's Party, which is yeah. a song off the Jingle Jangle album from the Archies. Yeah. And when I heard that, you said this last season on the podcast that Riverdale is the sort of show where they'd be like, hey, did you see last night's Riverdale? Yeah. Which yeah. I think about all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was that moment where they're playing a song where they're like, Archie's going to the party. Yeah. <laughs> Archie's going to the party. <laughs> That's bonkers. It is. It was crazy. And then she uh, wrecks Honey with a savage hair flip on the way out. Oh, she does. She yeah. does. Cheryl's uh, the best. You love Cheryl. She is the best. One thing I do want to touch on here, uh, they're not giving Tony enough to do. Like, I know this is early going in the season, yeah. but she is basically there as Cheryl's backup to the point where she barely says anything. I almost her uh, a sidekick or assistant. She's it's a crazy. utility player in this. It's crazy. Um, this is being made fun of on Twitter, but they give Tony, Cheryl gets the full-size ladder, Tony gets the tiny ladder yes. <laughs> and when they're hanging the, the banner up. Yeah. I thought that was funny. She, uh, Tony's holding a crazy candelabra walking in this house trying to find Cheryl, and Cheryl's like, oh, don't look one or two feet behind me to see my decomposing corpse brother. Right. Uh, and also, why does nobody smell that? Uh, I'm sure he she freshens him up. Uh, she did dress him up and put him in a wheelchair. He's now wearing his old football uniform. Yeah. Uh, when she checks her dance outfits by him, uh, she's still talking with him. She's also barely covered him with a sheet at this point. Like yeah. he's not even really covered at all. Not a great. It's almost like she wants to get caught, which I, I think I is think an, so. Which is I think is an intentional choice. Yes. I think so, too. But Tony walks down and is like, why can't I go down this hallway? And Cheryl says, oh, I was praying. Yeah. Which, uh, bad excuse. The just, worst, that's a horrible lie. Just tell Tony the truth at this point. Also, writers, let Tony do more. Come on. Yeah, I think that's, it's coming, I think. This was just like yes. establishing them sort of the main stems of and narrative. Yeah, you, but we've been saying that for... Seasons at this point. I think by season fifty-six, Tony's really going to get some. Oh, really going to yeah, get her spot. Yeah, I think yeah, so. you're right. Tony Spinoff right. just got to wait for it. Vanessa Morgan does the best with the little that she's given this episode. There's a great moment as they're leaving Mister Honey's office, where she's like, "I don't know. I guess he has some nuts on his desk or something like that." Yeah, but she just grabs one of them and pops it in her mouth. But in the move, it's fun. But it's good. Again, she barely gets anything to say, and it's a bummer. Yeah. Know? Uh, uh, but then we do get the party. Do you want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So the party where I, they're doing keg stands of, I'm assuming, maple syrup. Probably. Oh, definitely uh, syrup. Very uh, Peaches rich. and cream is DJing. Yep. Uh, this is fun. I could do more with this. I enjoyed, again, on the recentering of high school, classic high school kegger party at somebody's house. That's really enjoyable. Uh, as uh, Shoni is walking in, very cute. They do a little, like, like twirl. They do a yeah. little. Yeah. I mean, they were going strong. Shoney Shope has a Absolutely. strong. Absolutely. They have a very nice kiss. Yeah. After Cheryl does her speech to everybody, she's like, Mr. Honey's not going to shut me down. Uh, just to keep following this, Reggie, we'll get back to his storyline in a little bit. He gets wish knockered. Uh, wanders down the same hallway is like, yo, I'm going to piss on your brother corpse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she, I think that was like, that was almost fake. Like, he wasn't like. I, he was picking locks. Then also the l door he got in, he was walking around you snooping. You think he's faking it? I think he was trying to snoop and figure out what oh, Cheryl's really? got going on in their house. No, yeah. I don't think so. You th yeah, I, do. I think Reggie just needed to take this. Yeah, but you yeah. don't pick two locks to go to a bathroom. I've done you it. You piss yeah, I mean, in the hall. 
You don't what? like your <laughs> your invite to my house is revoked. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're Pete does drunk. Pete does one turn on the doorknob. Is like locked. I'm peeing here in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's but, not good news. But I'm just saying that, like, he was going through a lot of trouble to find a bathroom when I think he was doing something. I don't know. There's a long line. You yeah, do there's anything. a line. Do you anything make... you have to. Exactly. At any cost. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Cheryl turns him away there. Again, very flimsy excuse. Excuse. Uh, FP ends up shutting down the party. There's a yeah. very fun moment, and I'm sure we'll loop back to this as well, uh, where he looks over at Jughead and is like, you better not be drinking out of that, boy. And Jughead just looks at him and Dubs pours out his drink. Yeah. Very fun. It's also crazy, though, because... You know, seasons three months ago in the character storyline, they were ran a gang together and were drinking all the time. <laughs> yes. So it's pretty. Chuck is like, come on, man, don't bother me. I drink at home with you. Yeah. Well, that's like we used to drink three months ago and now we're all tea towelers. Yeah. Tea towelers. Tea towelers. Tea towelers. Tea towelers. Yeah, we have tea towels. Yeah. It's well, great. You take your towel. Uh, when you get out of the shower, you rub yourself down. And then you just give it a little sucky poo, and you oh, got nice. some tea. Nasty. Sucky poo. My bathroom door is locked today, so I just poured a bucket of water over my head in the oh, hallway. Nice. nice. <laughs> I don't nice. give a shit. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, so you guys know, since we've been sitting here for a while, I just pissed myself. Yeah. Oh, cool. Totally I hope understandable. Cool. The bathroom wasn't right in front of you, so why not pee wherever you are? <laughs> Life lessons for Pete LePage. Uh, well, let's jump back and talk about uh, the football storyline. Oh, wait, uh, sorry. Do you want to finish the Cheryl Mr. Honey thing? There's one last scene there. Where she puts the beehive right. on Honey's uh, desk. Yeah, she have... finds out that the Honey called the cops on her. Right, and I have I have questions about this. Yes. I mean, one main question: How did they sneak an active, enormous, drippy beehive into his office? A lot of honey task in rabbit. That what task rabbit? Oh, <laughs> task you rabbit. think they task rabbit? Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Huh. Uh, Cheryl so, doesn't do her own. Great time. Sure, I'm sure Cheryl didn't do it. I'm sure she got like peaches to do it or something like that. But somebody mm-hmm. had to be wearing ginormous beekeeper uniforms. Yep. Went yeah. into the office, left it there. Bees everywhere. Truly. Honey everywhere. Honey. What yeah. a mess. Uh, very big mess. I don't know. It seems like a very far way to go for a prank. That's all I'm saying. Well, it was some strong revenge. Uh, I mean, it's it's a very Cheryl thing to do. Oh, yeah. She likes to really rub it in when she gets you yes. back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is going to stop Mr. Honey? Def not. Yeah. Well, if he's smart, he would let it be, but... I get let it. it be. Let it be. Uh, like a bee, he's going to get angry and mm-hmm. sting once and then die. Oh, no. Yeah. What do you think? Mr. Honey murdered this season? Bad guy? I I think bad guy. Like, this is tying I definitely into... think bad guy, but I hope Cheryl murders him. And then ally later. Oh, Once no, they accept I, I his think bad stern. guy. Because I think there's enough hints in this episode, and we're going to get to Jughead's storyline in a moment, that something is up with Stonewall prep. Yes. And the fact that there is a scene with Mr. Honey and fellow guest star... Uh, Mr. Chipping, played by Sam Witwer, in the same scene, they seem to clearly be working together. Yeah. They both have very, very handsome together. Very handsome man. Uh, And then we find out towards the end, there's the big thing uh, we find out about uh, Jughead's grandfather is also tied to this prep school. Uh, There's something going on. Well, let's get into that then. Um, So Jughead, hey, wrote a short story. Yep. Yeah, and he didn't win the contest, but um, they did like it enough that they immediately accepted him to a very uh, high-end private school. Right, that looks a lot like the school that Sabrina goes to in Sabrina. Hmm. Uh, maybe the same thing. 
Um, it might be that, or it might be the set from Sci-Fi's Deadly Class, because Victor from Deadly Class actually goes to Stonewall Prep. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, the guy who's playing uh, Brett Weston Wallace. Yeah. Wallace, Brett Weston Wallace, which Great sounds stuff. like no other author that I've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is the same dude who played Victor on Deadly Class, except he doesn't have a Russian accent. Yeah, That's right. Russian, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Good. It just... It was upsetting how uh, Betty or Jughead didn't pick up on how obviously he was getting played, where the principal the was like, "Oh, we're doing a you know salon on Moby Dick." Jughead's like, "That's my favorite." Yeah, that's what we're doing tomorrow night, right? Right, Minion. He's uh, like, "Oh yeah." I will say that's how recruiting works. Yeah. Right, but I'm just saying, like, and you're they getting want set up. You've been approached by a high-end private school, right? Yes. In your youth? In a, they invite you to a literary salon. Yeah. Yeah. No. No? No. Oh. Okay. Were you approached by a low-end public school? <laughs> I was not approached by... Were you approached by a Burger King? <laughs> <laughs> you have all the skills we need at our Burger King. Yeah. To eat there. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to invite you to eat at our Burger King. Today, you are the Burger King. Yes. We would like to invite you I to our... I just felt like it was just a little upsetting that none of their like little alarms were going off. They seemed very uh, astute to these things, and now... They're like, no. Because well, I, that was- I, there's two things going on there, right? I would say one thing is they made this very clear decision at the end of last season to be like, nope, new Riverdale, new us. We're not investigating mysteries, except for this mystery I'm investigating with my FBI agent half-brother. But other than that, no more mysteries. We're all done. We're all good. We're all past that. So I do think they have put blinders on there where they think the uber darkness that was brought by Penelope Blossom and everybody else is done. They have washed that clean. So I don't think they're looking for that. But the other thing is I do think we know because we're watching Riverdale that it's not going to be like this forever. No. But the way that they present it doesn't feel intrinsically evil to me. Uh, Yeah, I think this is going to be more of a mystery uh, as we... Relating to the end of the episode where we find out that Jughead's grandfather went there, then it's a purely evil institution. Right. I think there's going to be some sort of uh, Gargoyle King style uh, trail that they follow to reveal Snake some, Man? To reveal the Snake Man and Snake Woman that we talked about earlier. <laughs> sure. Um, Thank you for adding the woman. Of course. Uh, following the. So it, it is 2019. Uh, Thanks. Is it? The, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm late. Yeah, for so many things. Yeah. Um, Betty and uh, Jughead, Betty's like, Jughead's like, I'm not going to go to that school. Then he goes. He's charmed by the fact that they read books there. And then we have this scene where they're in class, and Betty, uh, the, the, they're talking about Romeo and Juliet. And they use the phrase tragic romance. Um, and, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and so Betty's like, come out. And then she's like, hey, go to the school. Yeah. And so I do think that was oh. an intentional, to reference Romeo and Juliet, from uh, lovers from two different worlds and ending tragically, I do think that's what we're setting up with Bughead. Uh, well, yes, of course. He is missing by the end of the episode. We see them burning his beanie and they're slathered in blood. We don't know what order those scenes have happened in. So, of course, there's something tragic coming for them. I'm talking about the romance being tragic. Oh, okay. Well, I disagree with that. Yeah. I do want to jump back to two scenes that happen at the school. Uh, one of them is Betty goes on a tour with Jughead of the school. Yes. I thought this was very interesting because Betty is immediately put off by the school. Yeah. She's like, she's super smart. Well, the guy's she, a total dick to her. Yes. yes. But he also, she doesn't want anything to do with this whatsoever versus Jughead 
who is a pretentious asshole and is very charmed by it. And when he goes back for the salon and they do Moby Dick, um, when he presents his thought of what Moby Dick is, that uh, it's not supposed to be an allegory, that it basically is nothing. There's nothing about the white whale, and nobody has any rejoinders for him. There's a really nice shot of Cole Sprouse where he just sort of looks down and smiles proudly at himself. Yeah. And I thought that was such a nice shot. It was. And it's just... He's like, I'm a super douche, and he smiled to himself. But this is is his world. He's always been the pretentious dude sitting there by himself since the very first episode. Plucking on his typewriter. Makes sense. And in fact, as established at the beginning of the episode, there are two jugheads now because there's one who sits at the counter, one sits at the booth, and they can look at each other. Yeah. No. What's the difference? Yeah. The jughead multiverse. Which shoot one of them. And yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. And then we get to the end where uh, FP reveals that Jughead's grandfather went to Stonewall, and there's a full on mystery. He uh, FP talks about how his dad just vanished on him, ran out on him. And I think we're going to meet him. Uh, eventually, I yes. think. that was a hell of a bomb to just so drop. I, on this might yeah. be slight spoilers here, but uh, according to what they talked about at New York Comic Con, we are going to continue to find out and have hints dropped about Forsyth Pendleton the first throughout the first half we of the have season. To with what yeah. it was, we're going to hear about him throughout the season. We are going to meet him in the mid-season finale, uh, and all that Skeet Ulrich would say about him is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, which certainly mm. sounds pretty ominous in terms of everything that's going on. But my question is, since he went to Stonewall Prep, do they mean the apple doesn't fall far of the tree in terms of he's the original serpent? Because as far as we've been told, he was one of those. He helped found the serpents yeah. and would certainly be of that generation. Uh, or think... do they mean that apple doesn't fall far of the tree in terms of Jughead, in terms of smarts? You yeah. know? What I exactly think he was like so smart for that school and realized how pretentious it was. He like was like fuck you guys. I'm oh, out. Oh, so you think he's a cool dude? Yeah. Oh. If that, I mean, that's what FP's cool. Yeah. So yeah. if the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, then they're all just cool. <laughs> I don't think that's how drama works. Yeah. No, I mean either. So I think that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I think he means in terms of FP going on the wrong path, being a bad boy serpent at least initially before he had his redemption arc. I think mm. that's what they're talking about. I think. My guess is that Stonewall Prep is the ultimate villain of this season or going to spawn the villain of the season. And I do wonder if Forsyth isn't the ultimate bad guy in some way. Maybe the apple didn't fall far from the tree, but then it was picked up and sent to a private school. <laughs> oh, that would be cute. <laughs> Maybe it's a farming Little thing. apple going to class with, like, glasses and well, yeah, pads. An Maybe apple. the apple then turned into a giant snake monster. Oh. Ooh, like a worm in an apple. It's a whole Bible metaphor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump back and talk. Uh, no, I think we're done talking about the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. We got to talk about Kevin. Uh, yes, we so need yeah. to talk about Kevin. So, yeah. Uh, Kevin uh, and Betty. Um, Betty's cultivating Kevin ba- based on her, uh, on Charles being like, why don't you do this? Mm. After she's caught reading classified FBI documents and he's yeah. like pretty chill about it. Yeah. Super chill about it. But also... You, if you're going to tell Betty to meet you somewhere and you're not going to be on time, you know what Betty's. Yeah, gonna she's you know going to yeah. snoop. So yeah, Betty snooper. You can't. You uh, can't be mad at Betty for that. Uh, so we learn that Kevin Siegerman texting Fangs, who's still at the farm, Fangs, and meets him in the woods. And it turns out wherever they're hiding, it's not that far away. No, no. it's really not. Uh, it was nice to see Fangs again. Yes, I but would no say. hug. No hug. That hurt, man. Uh, the whole episode. They did a very good job of getting you to feel sympathy for Kevin. And I am curious to hear from fans who 
are very anti-Kevin after last season. But for me, as a fan of Kevin, I feel like they did a good redemption job with him and got him to a place where it was clear he was so sad about absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see him eventually become friends yeah, with yeah, Betty again. That whole thing about like him going off and being like, all I have is fangs was so heartbreaking. Yeah. But also, I mean... We talked about this last season, like, why can't Kevin get a good relationship out of this show? And yeah. it feels like Fangs is, again, not going to be that. And I was I was very hopeful for the last episode when him and his dad were running together. I thought maybe he had a, was working out a better relationship with his dad, but that's completely gone in this episode. Well, it might yeah. be better. We just didn't see it. Now, there's one thing that's totally crazy to me, and that uh, you, Justin, mm-hmm. skipped yes? over the scene in the diner. Yes. Where they straight up mentioned Barchi? Uh, yeah, no, I love that scene. Yeah, but you didn't mention it. You've been harping and joking about it all episode, but they mentioned it. Like, they actually brought up, oh, do you remember when you had a crush on Archie? Wasn't that fun? And Betty's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Which, if there's any breadcrumb of Barchi that was laid in this episode, that would be it. I, I have a four-minute monologue prepared. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, wow. Hit us. Uh, no, uh, I, I mean, there are seeds. Betty is the sun. <laughs> Archie the moon. But soft with light through yonder, Betty breaks. It is the east, and Archie's the guy for you from before when you were kids. It's funny Arise, fair Barchi, and kill the envious Barchi. For they don't get along, really, oh. when you think about it. You could have gone through what light through yonder window breaks because the windows are opposite each other. I don't want to edit uh, your monologue. Yeah, get the wow. fuck out of here. I'm Shakespeare. Yeah, it's only one of us that's classically trained actor here. William Shakespeare's Riverdale! <laughs> I mean, we're close. Or yes. I think there are seats for Barchi all across this episode. And granted, I've seen them in the past. And I'll see them again. Yeah, uh, but what really makes me angry about you saying that is... And we learn in this episode what a douchebag Archie is, and he doesn't deserve what? Betty. What are you talking Archie's about? He was douche. a complete asshole. No. Yes. When no, he's... this is the best Archie has been in maybe yes. ever. In the last episode, yes. The start of this episode, yeah. But then when he finds out that his friend is getting beat up by his dad, he's a complete douche. Oh, no. We'll get to that. Yeah, let's talk about that in a second. So uh, to follow out uh, Betty and her uh, her game here, she, um, uh, contrary to what Charles said, she, she immediately tells Kevin about her mom being an FBI asset because she can Smart. trust him. Um, Charles is mad, but not that mad, and they keep their uh, FBI junior relationship going. Um but then they, uh, Kevin does, doesn't spill the beans. He tells uh, Betty that the farm is close. He knows where they are, and they have guns. Yes. Lots so of guns. This, is, this is the point in the episode where I'm like, okay, we're still watching Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, because we have a normal high school episode, but we're sitting up next episode is an all-out assault on a hotel that's being held down by an insane cult that steals organs. Yeah. Good. Back Good. on board. Very into it. Um, I This was just like... Especially these scenes were just like they were so short in the episode, and it's clearly just like let's just get to episode three. Boom! <laughs> yeah. uh, Tricked you guys. It's not gotcha. a high school show. Yeah. Ha <laughs> uh, ha. Uh, 
So I, I am very excited for that episode. I think that's going to be great. Real quick, let's talk Veronica before we get to uh, Pete's greatest enemy, Archie. Um, Veronica is being bombarded by a high school paparazzi. Like, what are these news outlets? Or yeah. obviously, Rumordale.com gets established. Yes. How many? Now you work in uh, internet media. Sure. How m- I work for Rumordale.com. Yeah. <laughs> How many um, unique hits do you think Rumordale.com is getting? What's the business model here? Uh, I would imagine that Rumordale is probably getting about the same amount of hits as Gossip Girl, which was very successful. (laughs) (laughs) And given the fact that not just the teenagers, but literally everybody in Riverdale is very into the teenagers, I think whatever the population of Riverdale is, which is enough to support several colleges. Yep. (laughs) Multiple high schools, a private high school. (laughs) Right. And let's not forget from season one, the daytime teens only nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not forget that. It serves hella soda. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's crazy. I will say, uh, I don't know if they'll have put it up by the time the episode airs, but as of when we're taping this, uh, Ruberdale.com is owned by Warner Brothers. Like, Amazing. I did check it out. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I so can't. I, what a great I, idea. I hope they put it up. Yeah. I do love uh, how Veronica was just like, all right, fine. You <laughs> want to talk? I'll talk to you after a performance. Yeah. Of all that chance. Yeah, she <laughs> makes the Why journalists do sit through a, I love it. Yeah. a performance of all There's like five of them. Because yeah. the Banyui needs people to show up, so why not have a press She's conference? She's a businesswoman yeah. at the end of the have day. Have a press night. Yeah, there uh, you go. Night, well, and everybody's going to write up, be like, ignore all the stuff she talks about at the press conference, be like... All that jazz dazzles at Le Bon Nui. Yeah. And then the 15th paragraph is like, also admits to crimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which she does. She comes out and says that she did sort of uh, get her father busted for it. and is, Under is duress. Fine. Yeah, it was by, she had to be a whistleblower, I guess, technically. She meets her father, who's in jail, looking younger and D- even Jesus. more jacked more than he was jacked. last season. How could he be more jacked and younger looking? Jail is like. I don't know. He's like, Mark Consuelos is some sort of vampire. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of, he's drinking too much blood. He is. I do really like that scene as well. It, it was weirdly nice to hear him say miha again, the way oh. that he growls it under his breath. No, I do like it. Yes. Uh, so that was enjoyable. He's clearly, we're gearing up to something that I believe happens in episode five, which is a big trial episode. Uh, we're going to see both Hiram and Hermione on trial Ooh. at the same time. Ooh, his and hers trial. <laughs> yes. I bet you that they're having very Do you think they have separate legit. towels for that? I'm sorry to interrupt, Pete. For the um, his and hers trial. Yeah, yeah. different robes for the judge. Yes. Uh, they're having a very different jail experience. Like, it's his jail. He's getting things brought to him, and she is like... You don't think she's jail. getting unlimited snacks? No. Mm. No, I don't think okay. she is. Yeah. It's sort of a conflict of interest to put a criminal in their own jail. Right. Unless you're Rorschach <laughs> from Watchmen. <laughs> what Whoa, the fuck? Okay. Because they're not trapped in here with you. You're trapped here oh, with okay. yeah, It's kind of like right. he owns the jail. Wow, big crossover for yeah, Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks. Um, and now let's talk about everyone's favorite character, Archie. Yep. Big football episode. Mad Dog shows up at football. Wait, wait, wait. What did you think of all that jazz? How'd you feel about the number? I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, the choreography was awesome. The yeah, only thing that good. bothered me was the weird old-timey microphones in their press conference that made no sense. Well, oh, I like old-timey no, That's great. I love that. Why? Because that's very Riverdale, that they're like, we're going to dial out an old-timey phone. Hello? I got a press hat on, and I got a little piece of paper in yeah, it. Yeah, but that's, this doesn't, that's not how... Like what? What on this show does work that way, Pete? <laughs> Name yeah. one thing. Wow, Pete's reality shattered by wrong microphone choice in yeah. insane 
teen show. <laughs> Adult male shocked by microphone choice in teen show. Rumordale.com slash adult dash male dash shocked. <laughs> adult Riverdale resident shocked by fucking everything in this town. That's what the headline of Riverdale, uh, Rumordale.com is every day. Um. Uh, all that jazz was great. What a press conference. Yeah, I will say, to Pete's point, you ne- this show could take place in 1950, <laughs> yeah. uh, 2019, yeah. or 2050. Uh, yes. You never know. Yeah. All right. Getting back to Archie, then. I just Archie, wanted to get uh, your sense of that. Archie brings a friend, uh, phones a friend <laughs> to join the football team. Yeah. Mad Dog, being a jacked 30-year-old dude, is great at football. Um, yeah. It's going to be the best Total season ringer. ever. Total ringer. Uh, Archie literally says, this is going to be the best season ever oh in the episode, God. which is like, wow. Yeah. This is another thing, though, that I was so happy to see them get back to football. Yeah. Uh, which I don't really like football necessarily, but it was such a relief to be like, oh, you're just playing a high school sport again. You're not yeah. doing extreme windsurfing or whatever fucking thing you want to do this week. Uh, yeah. You're just back to basics. It yeah, was but nice. I was surprised that he wasn't like getting... He, I thought he was going to get back into his music, you know, but he chose football. Ah, that's all right. Yeah. He can stick to football. He's just the, he's the quarterback. He has yeah. time to play music. He can think of a song while he's uh, waiting to throw the ball. Yeah. When the ball, the ball is something I catch yeah. in my hands, yeah. I got to snatch. Stop. Yes. No, he doesn't. He throws the football. Oh, okay. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't throw it to Reggie as much anymore. No. That's uh, the thing that kills me. It's like you... You get a new friend and you completely fuck over your old friend with no awareness whatsoever about any of the consequences. Uh, They're friendly rivals. Yes. They're not best friends. And also Reggie's been... He gave you a... You needed a goddamn hearse. He was there for you. Yes. But Reggie also has been harboring a lot of bad feelings toward toward Archie because Archie's dating uh, Veronica, his true love. Man, Monica. Strong. Yes. Wait, what? Nothing. Wait, did I just agree with you on the wrong thing? Yep. yep. You oh, did. shit. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, man. Really should have been Alex paying said, attention. Rumordale.com headline uh, Arch, Alex makes a huge mistake about man Monica uh, <laughs> relationship. Uh, my favorite thing about Rumordale, I just want to mention their headlines, oh is the weird pauses in the middle. Yeah. Where they're like, uh, so they're trying to remember the names of everybody. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. It feels more natural that they keep yeah, that Exactly. Out. Try to remember the off uh, ship names that, the, <laughs> that one of the writers. Uh, it's been a couple of months. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. anyways. <laughs> so, Man Monica makes no sense. Yeah, Reggie right. had like a sweet moment with Archie where he was talking about his dad, and that was very nice. And then Archie was just. Complete dick to him for most I, of the episode. I, it's very interesting that you saw it like that because uh, I really feel like Archie is trying to be his best, trying to do his best in this episode. And this is truly one of the first episodes in forever that he is not leading fists first, that he yeah. is leading heart first instead and feels to be recognizable as the character Archie Edge used for the comic books. No, yeah. he is not. He is barreling through things without thinking at all. No, he's defending his friend, and he's like, "That's when he." So Reggie's dad has been beating him. Reggie's dad is crazy in this yeah, episode, yeah. off to the side, total monster, and Archie can't deal with it anymore. And Archie tells him to fucking man up and be a like, dude. Stop and think about maybe what your friend is going through. So this is. Probably too heavy a subject for Riverdale to necessarily deal with. Did I say this? Have them having very 
adequately and well dealt with a very heavy subject last episode. Yeah. I don't think they totally execute correctly on an abuse storyline, but I do think that they do the best job with it they possibly can, given the story and the characters. Yeah. And I think ultimately what Archie is saying is... Yo, don't you're letting this happen right now. You got to figure out a way to get out of this. And because he's Archie, the man who doesn't know where Harvard is, he's not the smartest tool <laughs> in the shed necessarily. He smartest doesn't Smartest tool in the shed. Yeah, he doesn't know necessarily sharpest tool in the shed, I guess. No. Uh, I think you no. got it, right? <laughs> no. Coming from one shovel <laughs> to another, you know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Shovel recognized shovel. You know what I'm talking about. This is a smart tool over here. (laughs) Alex is the smartest tool in my show. Anyway, my point being, I don't think that Archie exactly knows how to get out of it. He just knows that uh, the way that I thought it was presented was he's defending Mad Dog, who has a real name. Who yes. is what was it again? I don't know. I don't know. It MN. It's something yeah. MN. Yeah. Uh, Mad Dog has a real name. Uh, he's protecting him, but he's not pushing off Reggie. He's just like, Reggie, you got to calm down. You're getting too angry. And what Reggie is actually doing, I thought, if anything in this storyline, Reggie's emotions are very complex and very accurate, where yeah. he doesn't know how to deal with the abuse from his father, so he is taking it out on absolutely everybody else. Yeah, and he's mad at Archie because his father's watching. He's like, come on, man, I need to do a good yeah, job. Otherwise, help me I'm out. Don't you see, see what I'm dealing with? Yeah, but Archie doesn't know about that, really, and can't help. He, it's Archie's only way of helping. He can't fix it mentally, so he's fixing it emotionally by pushing his friend into action. And he does. They smash his dad's car, Ferris Bueller style. Yeah, that was a great and moment. And they're friends again, and somehow it worked out. Which that, I that bros was for life. Yeah, where Very it's like the, Reggie and his dad somehow worked it out after he smashed his car. He... So I think the implication was, well, based on what Reggie is saying, he's, he's like, got 50 pounds on him. He's got 50 pounds on him. He doesn't need to take this. Uh, but the way that they describe it is Reggie is like, yeah, we had a good talk and worked out some of our issues after that. Yeah. Uh, and the way that I guess it would work in the real world is his father being like, you are strong. You smashed my car. Uh, shovel, recognize shovel. You know what shovel I'm talking about? Shovel. But... It's a very pat resolution for something that is not a very easy subject. It is not solved that easily. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's ever going to crop up again on the show necessarily at this point, which I, I guess I'm glad about. But at the yeah. same time, I I don't know. It didn't. That didn't sit right with me. That ending. Yeah, it definitely felt like the whole idea of it was a, executed in a very quick way. And what was the point of it? To deal with the idea of that from last season, maybe? Yes. Uh, bring Archie and Reggie back together after yeah. their disagreement? Uh, I guess that's useful, but yeah, it was definitely, felt like, what exactly? Uh, and then we moved on. Yes. Uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, because you do also get that great moment where Reggie and Archie do the hand clasp and say, bros. Yeah. Very sweet. Very cute moment between them. And that's ultimately the purpose, right? Like, to get past that. Probably to to respond to fans who are like, yo, you set up an abuse storyline last season. When are you going to deal with this thing? Yeah. Uh, and they did deal with it, and now they're like, great, moving on. Uh, it's not... I think what I would urge any fans who listen to this podcast is Riverdale is not the real world, right? Yes. This is not a, a, well, any... Well, maybe. Mm, it could be. Pete, is it the real world? Yep. 
Okay, never mind. But a fantasy, let's assume it's not the real world. Obviously, this is not how you deal with abuse. Yeah. Uh, this is not. It should be reported. It should be dealt with that way. It should be reported to an authority. Um, I do hope in the broadcast version they put some sort of warning or mm. uh, recommendation there or something oh, like yeah. that. Uh, because, I don't know, it's Riverdale dealing with problems which is never going to fully deal with the problems the way that they should be dealt with. But this, to me, is a much more serious issue than a lot of the things that they've dealt with before. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, agreed. The, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I can see what you're saying, but also they dealt with Cheryl being sexually assaulted and that kind of stuff, and that's very serious. So. Right. What I'm saying is stuff like that they haven't dealt with. They're like, well, that was bad. Murder yeah. is bad. Everything is like very even in terms of the badness level of things and the amount that they're dealt with. And there is going to be an episode later in the season where everybody sits down with a counselor. And I'm super fascinated to see what happens there. Going to be a hot one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this is the closest beyond last issue where they went to something that is issue driven yeah. in terms of a storyline. Uh not nearly as successful in terms of its execution as... Did I say last issue? You, you did. did. Okay. We Twice. didn't correct you, but we the second time I think you meant it. Yeah. Um, but we're good people in that way. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so they do end the episode as friends, and as we mentioned, everything ends in the cliffhanger of Jughead. Everybody is looking for him in the woods. What do you take away from this? Does this happen before they burn the beanie or after they burn the beanie? I think it's before. before. It's still before. You think so? they're not covering blood yet. I think it's I think it's after. Could be. I think they they got, know he's missing and they're they still know, searching yeah, for him. Exactly. Oh, they're searching. That's my take. Ooh, wow. I don't know. They're joining. The and what do you think about yet? this format as a whole? This how to get away with murder format. I'm down. Yeah, I'm here for that. Maybe they just need to check the private school. Oh yeah. Is it during the week? Because if so, he's there. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Yes. Or he's at home writing another award-winning short story. <laughs> also. Uh, I just thought it was interesting how Veronica just like casually changed her name, and then oh, was yeah, like, "She's going to be a new Veronica, this Veronica Gomez." Yeah, she's Veronica yeah. Gomez, which is of course a tie-in to uh, the Adams, Adams family, family now, which in, is coming out. Yeah, now it's in theaters. theaters yeah. Yeah, yeah, so check that Smart. out. Smart, smart. Yeah, yeah. It's, it all ties together. Warner Brothers, whoever produces the Adams Family, nice. <laughs> Probably Warner Brothers. <laughs> Another great Good research day. take from comic book <laughs> <laughs> from Riverdale after dark. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see, because I think that's smart that she's finally trying to get away from her family and changing yeah. her name is a good step forward for that. Yeah, definitely. No one will ever recognize her again as yeah. a well, member of the, the thing. Like, All you got to do on one application and just say you're, you've got a different last name, that's all it takes. She's yeah. already gotten away with it with the whole Monica Posh thing, so I think she's going to be fine with this. Yeah. yeah. Before we go, who won the episode, folks? Who was the MVP of this episode only? I'm going to go to Justin because I know what Pete's Great, answer is. Great, sure old Cheshire cat over here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Archie in this episode. He, he was a complete douche, bro. He, nope, he You're came really out. You missed the mark on this one, guy. As we talked about, Archie Ooh, was... I'm sorry to see you make the wrong choice on this one. Uh, Archie was distilled down Archie in this episode, and he, uh, he, he, can't, he comes across doing, uh, doing great work. Horrible uh, things. As to we people. said, all heart, no head. That's the Archie way. What about you, Pete? Surprise me. Oh, I'll surprise you. Betty, all day, er <laughs> day. That woman's phenomenal. She's smart. She's just an absolute fun character to watch. She is she uh yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to choose Mr. Honey this episode. How dare you? Love that honey. He's sweet as honey. Ooh, feels you, good you going both down. are so far off the mark, man. <laughs> no, I th- like I said earlier, I just think he's a great addition to the show. He's a great foil. If you would have said Reggie, I would have said fine. He is a foil that makes sense, too, versus Hiram's. He's like, I'm obsessed with teenagers, and yeah. I must destroy I'll them. I'll wrestle them, <laughs> and then I'll break them up. And then I, I'll box them. I'm open. younger than before now. Yeah. The more I attack them, the younger I get. But no, Mr. Honey, Kerr uh, Smith is doing a great job. I've always loved him on almost every show. Very excited to see him back. That's what this is about. No, it's I not like, really about no, this No, it show. is. It's, it's a very resume. different. It's a very different character for Kerr Smith. And Let honestly, me. in terms of a hard-ass uh, shovel, recognized shovel, you know what yeah, I'm talking shovel about? Yeah, shovel sees shovel. And uh, Pete, for someone who's never changed his answer, I feel like you could cool off on the criticizing <laughs> <Alex's> answer. <laughs> because... <laughs> you literally say the same like four words every time we do this section. Sure. And I'll tell you what, uh, no variety. Yeah. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We will chat with you about Riverdale. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on uh, Twitter at Riverdale Dark and at Comic Book Live. Uh, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you next time after dark back to high school guys <laughs>